UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. We're going to be recording in one second. We're okay. recording. I started my intro. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have with me an amazing author. When you talk about prolific writers, um, if you guys remember the movie, if you're from my era, you remember the movies Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Nile. This author, Catherine Lanigan, wrote those books. She's also written books like Chicken Soup for the Writer's Soul. She had a, a book that was turned into a Hallmark movie. Um, so um, but what we're going to be talking about today specifically is angels and her book on angels. She's written many books on angels. She's the author of a trilogy of nonfiction books regarding angel, angelic intervention and in human life. Those are Angel Watch, Divine Nudges and Angel Tales. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to have her on the show. Uh, her name is Catherine Lanigan. And Catherine, thank you for joining me. Uh, how are you? I'm great, Rob, and I'm so happy to be here. I really, really look forward to this. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, yeah. I, I always wonder about angelic intervention, and I, I, I don't have these experiences myself, but I know I'm a little bit skeptical, but I do believe in them. I do I do believe that people are seeing angels. I believe people are having interactions with angels. I believe they help us from time to time to get us mm -hmm. out of trouble or um, maybe save our life or maybe even get us out of a mental rut, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about all that. But, like, let me yeah. ask you this. When was your first experience with angels and what made you want to write nonfiction books about them? Oh, those are two very, very good questions. The first time I saw an angel, I was three years old. I'm, I'm currently living in my parents' house that they built in 1949, 1950. Uh, when my mother passed away, you know, I got the house anyway. Um, I was three years old and my, my bedroom was at the end of the hall and this angel just appeared in my room. You know, I was just playing with my dolls or whatever. Now I was three, we were very Catholic, but at three, I really didn't know what an angel was or anything like that. So I went to my mother and I said, you know, I, 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 this beautiful woman came to me and she's got these bright glowing wings and she had a, and she had, you know, the white gown and a gold belt on. I'll always remember that she was blonde. And or at least I think it was a she, you know, angels really are kind of androgynous, but I had that very nurturing mother kind of feeling. And, um, and the angel, and the angel said, I will always, I'm here. I'm always here. I'm here to always protect you. So, you know, no harm was going to come to you. Um, and if you ever need anything, you are to ask me. Now that is a very, very important line. You are to ask me because that's one of the reasons I wrote the books in which I'll tell you that whole story in a minute, but to the angels want two things. They want you to ask for their help because they cannot help you. They cannot intervene in your life. If you don't ask them, even when you are, you know, when you, like you said earlier, somebody's driving down the road and they're probably going to crash or something's getting down some ice. What even mentally what that person is doing is praying is please, Lord, save me, save me. You know, don't, don't, you know, keep me from harm. That's asking. That's asking. The other thing an angel always wants is please say thank you. You know, after somebody's just saved your life or really intervened in your life in a way to change your career, your love life. I mean, they're, they uh, actually like to um, help with love life a lot, to be very honest, which, you know, since I've spent my life writing, romance stories. And I do believe that love conquers all. Truly. 
I believe it ends wars. I believe it does all kinds of things, but uh, that's a different kind of, it's not romantic love. It's an unconditional love that we give to the whole earth. But anyway, um, what motivated me to write the books about them was in 1987, both my parents were at the Grand Canyon in, you know, in Arizona and my mother had a heart attack at the Grand Canyon. And so the, the, paramedics came and my dad was helping and everything. And they had to take her to the, um, to the hospital in Flagstaff. And so as they were rolling my mother into the hospital or into the ICU, my father dropped dead outside the doors of the ICU. And oh my God. Dead. Yeah. So my dad, my dad was dead for 22 minutes. They did. I don't even know how many times they paddled him, but, but they paddled him. They, I mean, they, beat on him. They broke his sternum. They broke his collarbone. He broke all of his ribs trying to bring him back and which they did obviously. Um, so my sister called me, you know, and I was living in Houston and she was living here in Indiana near Chicago. And she said, mom and daddy are both in ICU. We've got to go to Phoenix. And she said, I will fly from Chicago. You fly from Houston. I'll meet you in Phoenix. And she said, I've rented a, a charter plane you know, a little puddle jumper. And I mean a puddle jumper, right? <laughs> and we were going to fly to Flagstaff to this, you know, to this hospital that was up there. And um, so we got to Phoenix and it was, and back then things were very different, you know, there's no security, none of this kind of stuff. There was a thunderstorm going on. And of course, you know, we took off anyway. It's like some Harrison Ford movie, you know, let's, let's take off in the middle of the thunderstorm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So we fly through the night, you know, it's pitch black. It's almost midnight by the time we get there. And, you know, it's been a harrowing trip to just get there. So I walk into the ICU uh, room where my dad is and, and it is like midnight and, but they let us in because they knew that we, you know, we'd come from such a long way. And he said, Oh, Kath, I am so glad you're here. He said, I have so much to tell you, but the first thing I have to tell you is I have to tell you that I love you. Now, I was about 37 years old at this time. And my father had never said, I love you without prompting. You know, it was always, I love you, daddy. Oh, I love you too. Or, you know, that kind of thing. But it was never, he wasn't the, he wasn't forthcoming with his emotions, you know, for any of us. I mean, that was just the way that he was. He was a war hero in World War II. And I mean, his story and my mother's story is a really great romance, which I do have to write that someday. Can but I tell you something? I, yeah. I, have a, I have a synchronicity. I have a couple of questions. Well, first of all, I wanted to tell you, my grandfather was in World War II as well. So I, I know what it's like. Like he was a POW. Um, oh, wow. And then, and then I know you wrote a book on Vietnam. Like my dad was in yeah. Vietnam. So, but what I wanted to ask you was, was your, um, did your dad have an NDE? Like, was that what you were getting? Did he, did he have oh, something? Yeah. So this is, this is the story. And I watched your podcast the other night when you were saying, you know, like when we die, do we, is that just it? Or do we go on as another reality? Well, this is what happened to him. Wow. So I said, so what is it that you, you know, need to tell me? And he said, well, when I got over to the other side and I said, well, what do you mean the other side? And he said, well, that's what they, I said, you mean heaven? And he said, because Catholics call it heaven. Protestants call it paradise. Some people call but back in the 80s, the other side was just a, a phrase that was just now coming in. And I knew my dad hadn't heard it. That's not part of his wheelhouse, you know. So I said, I said, well, I've heard of the other side. And he said, well, that's what they call it over there. And I said, OK. And so I, he said, well, I want to tell you what the being of light told me. And I said, the being of light, you mean an angel? And he goes, no, 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 no. Angels are the other guys which I thought he knew about weird. all this all of a sudden, right? He, he yeah. probably didn't know about this before. Now I mean, he I didn't know about a being of light. I mean, an angel. Yeah. I've been seeing angels, you know, uh, for years, you know, and talking to them and went. And Catherine, them. can I tell you like a being of light, that's even sounds not as much religious, but that sounds more spiritual. So it's almost it like, does, doesn't it? he had like yeah. a, he had like a, a, a real experience, like a, like a, like a life changing experience that really changed his personality as well as like the way he looked at the world. That's that's exactly right. Now, first of all, my father was one of the most intelligent human beings I've ever met. He, he was he had a photographic memory. He was an attorney. He was county attorney and prosecuting attorney here in Indiana. He had Phi Beta Kappa Key from Notre Dame, top of his law class, the whole bit. I mean, it was it was daunting to be raised by a man that was that intelligent. 
And um, I mean, when we were growing up, we had no television. He said, I brought an encyclopedia and I expect each of you kids to read every book in the encyclopedia. And we did. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so that was what we were, you know, it was expected of us. Well, anyway, so back to his, so he, here he is on the other side and he's talking to this being of light, which he explained was a, a very tall, be, literally a being of light, all white. And he said, you could hardly look at the being because it, it was so much light emanating from this, this creature. Um, but he said, angels were a species. They were, he saw them when he was there. There were different as, as the, you know, my Catholic church says they're choirs of angels. You know, you hear that in the Christmas songs, choirs of angels. And he said, yes, there were all different kinds of angels, but that was not who you meet when you first go over. So the being of light told him that they, he did not have a choice. They were sending him back because he had not learned the lesson that every human being comes to earth to learn. And that that's so was, funny you said that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to say, what do you think this means about our reality? Like, this is like huge, right? Like, it's like. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when you start really putting all these pieces together, it's, it's you know, I definitely believe in other dimensions. I believe in other realities. I believe in, uh, I, I mean, I'm not really sure about parallel universes, but probably you know, and, and sim, simulations, you know, probably. I mean, my mind is more open now to so many things, not just from what he's gone through, but all my research that I've been doing, just like you. I mean, you research your, your topics very, very well. And, Thank you. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm like 50. I'm like, I think it might be a simulation. But then when I hear stories like your dad's, like it makes me think that it's something more biological, like that we're in some kind of like, like learning school. And, and it makes me wonder, like, and I don't want to mess up your story, but it makes me wonder, like, why is everything so hidden and mysterious? You know, it's so strange. Well, part hidden and mysterious. I think part of that is for us to discern what is the most important thing in our lives. And, you know, we come here and there's free will, right? Yeah. So that free will, you have these choices. Every day you're making choices. You know, you every day, every person, even at the least, has the has the choice to be kind to another person. Or you can be one of these people that needs to be on, you know, the old, you know, Jenny Jones show, you know, and throw chairs at their relatives. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> I remember that. Remember those? Shows? I was like, what is the matter with these people? Well, there was a remember Jerry, 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 Jerry Springer, all the Jerry Springer shows. And then, and then, I mean, you also have the choice, you have the choice over and over and over again to tell someone that you love them, you know, and you're given so many opportunities every day and we don't do it. We just, we just don't do it. And we especially don't do it now. I mean, right now the world is in so much fear. It's just like, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. You know, I just sit there and just go, you know what? This was a really great game that you played, you know, back in 2019. But, you know, I'm just really bored with it all. So can we yeah. just like move on to another game? You know, that this game is no, we're not doing this. But anyway. Yeah. So anyway, they told him that he had to come back and learn the one lesson that every human had to learn. And that's the lesson of love. And he had not learned it. And um, that's where he had the personality change because boy, I want to tell you was then whenever I would call home or, you know, call, you know, usually he would hand the phone, say, oh, do you want to talk to your mother? And I'd say, well, I'd like to talk to you. And he would always used to hand the phone over to my mom, but not after this, he would say, well, I have to tell you, I love you. Tell me what's going on in your life. What are you doing? You know, How's the next book? What you, what are you writing about? Do you need any help with research? Stuff like that that never happened before. It just it just wasn't part of those thing. Well, anyway, so then he said, now this is the part that's going to blow your mind. Then he said, and I said, well, what else did the being of light say? You know, what else did he, what else are you supposed to do? And he said, well, the rest of everything was all about you, not about me. And I said, your near death experience was about me and not about you. Are you kidding me? And he said, you are going to write a book. And I said, well, since I've already, I'd already published like eight or nine by that time. And I said, well, daddy, since I've already done that quite a few times, it's not anything new. And he said, no, 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 everything's different from now on. 
what you're going to do, he said, when you were a little girl, you saw angels. And I, I, I said, I, he said, I realize now that it frightened me. And that's why I spanked you and beat you, you know, so that you wouldn't see them anymore. It scared me. And I'm sorry for that. You know, so he apologized. That was really huge for, you know, this, this is all part of this whole turnaround thing. And I mean, my mother thought I was nuts, you know, she, she took me to a shrink at one point. <laughs> so anyway, I think that happens to all of us, like who are yeah. in this position, our families think we're crazy, like because yeah. of what we do, you know? Yeah, exactly. They think we're just like, Oh my God, she's just too woo woo. Well, anyway, so, um, he said, um, they, they told the being of light told me that you're going to write books about angels, about people's experiences with angels, just like yours. And you're going to chronicle them. You're not to edit them. You're not to change anything. You're supposed to write it down exactly how it happened to these people. And then you're going to put them together in a book and you're going to get these books published. And he said, and then when you die, you'll be judged on this. Oh my God. That's a heavy weight to carry, right? No shit. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, because it makes me think, do they, do the angels want to, I mean, like, do you think there's a God? Oh, there's so many questions I have. I was thinking like, do you think there's a God? And then obviously if there is, there's some kind of creator or whatever oh, yeah. creator of the matrix or whatever that these angels are under, but okay. So, but the angels, do you think they want to be known now? Do you think they want humanity to know that they exist? Obviously, if they want you to write these books and they've right, probably reached right. out to other people too. It seems they like- are. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, when I wrote my first one, I started in 1987. Um, no, yeah, maybe the late, I, maybe through the nineties I was writing it and, it and it, and nobody wanted to publish it, you know, because they're going angels. Why would we want to do anything like that? And finally HCI, the chicken soup for the soul people, did publish the first two and but that wasn't until 98 99 you know and i had already been working on them for 10 years and um and a lot of people back then i mean that was i think i'm the pioneer you know i was one of the very first ones to to get the angel stories out there and people's stories about angels i would go on television shows and and I, and I mean, it was the crew, the cameraman, the director, and everybody come to me and say, oh my God, I've been dying to tell somebody about my angel story that, you know, happened to me, but nobody would ever believe me. My family thinks I'm a nut, you know, and I said, tell me the story. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to put it in the book, in the book, which I did. But um, I, I know now um, there were several things that happened to me, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but there are several things that happened to me, angelic, um, visitations, real visitations that happened right before the pandemic. We didn't know it was going to be a pandemic, but I knew something was coming because of the, the messages that I got and the, and the visions and the visitations that I had. I knew something. I, at first, I thought it was a world war, you know, because it was very dire. Well, are, I mean, let me ask you this. Are you getting those messages now? I mean, do you think, are yeah. the angels reaching out to you now? Or is there like a world war coming now? Or what do you think? No. I don't, I do not think there's a world war coming at all. I think, I think, and I know that there are so many light workers and so many star seeds out there working for positively to, to put as much positive thought and, and love around the planet, into the planet, all around the planet and all through the grids. That's one of the things that I'm working on tremendously is to get as much positive, uh, um, literally the love from the creator through the matrix, you know, the divine matrix, the divine consciousness to bring it into the earth to, to save the earth. Cause we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I was going to say, but if you think like, if we, if we don't buy into the propaganda, like if you hear something on TV yeah, that right. like, so I don't want to talk about it too much because if, if we talk about it, then YouTube might take it down. But you right. know what I'm saying? Like if you buy into that propaganda that there's going to be a war, you're feeding into the negativity. But if you just let it go and you try to create your own positive timeline and do like you said, like the star seeds and light workers are doing, trying to bring peace to the earth and like a new earth and a new understanding and a new way of living. 
because right. all through our lives, like you said it, like you're, 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 you know, like you wrote a book about Vietnam and your dad was in World War II. My grandfather was in World War II. My dad was in Vietnam. We've been through these wars over and over and over again. And what were they for? They might've been just like bankers wars. And like, again, I can't get too much into it because I'll get a str- But you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I do. If, if, do, you th- I do. do you think we don't need to feed into it as much and then try to just create our own positive timeline? I, I absolutely believe that. I believe that um, the best thing that you can do to change the whole world is to stay, don't listen to the news. That's one reason why I do watch YouTube so much is because there are, there's, I mean, all kinds of beautiful meditation music and to raise your own frequency. Um, there's all, there's just so much wonderful, positive stuff that is on YouTube and you don't have to, um, go that it's just, it's too easy to flip into the fear because this is, this is the earth plane. This earth plane was filled with negativity and fear and everything from the day that the fallen angels came in and said, Oh, this is a nice place to park our vehicles. We think we'll I was just going to ask you about them. I was, I was, I was so interested. I didn't know if you got into that because I was thinking, I was like, she gets into angels, but I wonder what she thinks about the book of Enoch and the fallen angels. Like, do you believe that? I mean, like, and then we can con- like compare that to the Anunnaki, like that yeah. some beings came down here and kind of helped humanity. But at the right. same time, they might've like done weird things like split up our languages. So we weren't able to communicate and that caused wars or, um, you know, right. like the, the Tower of Babel incident is real interesting, yeah. right? Like yeah. where it seems like yeah. they were trying to build a way out of here and someone took it out. You know, it, the story gets manipulated over time, but like the, the right. gist of it is that like the, 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 the people were fed up. And, and also I was going to say, do you think that these fallen angels are the demonics? Like, because I would say if there's angels, then there's definitely demons, right? Oh yeah. This is the place of, of light and dark, good and evil. And there, and make no mistake about it. There, this, there is a war of the principalities going on right now. And that's what the angels, that's what the angels are telling me. If there is a war, that's the war. It's a spiritual war. This is a spirit. This is, you know, I don't, a lot of people don't want me to use the word soul, but I'll use spirits, but this is a war to, for our spirits, you know, to the, the dark, wants to, you know, they feed off of us. They, the more we get into that fear mode, they feed our energy and take our energy over, you know, um, until I have been around, um, people that are close to me that have become addicts, you know, drug addicts, I always poo pooed the whole idea of, you know, demon possession and all that kind of stuff and demon walk-ins and everything. Not anymore. Once you start opening your eyes and seeing what's going on, I absolutely, you know, they, they see somebody that's an alcoholic or a, a, a drug addict and they go, hey, there's a nice body. I think I'll take that one over, you know, and I'll play around with that for a while. So I do believe that goes on. I really do. And, and I, uh, but I also know now that the angels, okay, I'll tell you this story. So in, um, August, I think it's August or September of 2019. This is before the pandemic, right as, right as the pandemic was starting in New York and, you know, just the first cases were being known and stuff. Um, I, I was, I was asleep and I, um, my, my bedroom is fairly close to the front door. It's a mid-century modern house. So you know how they're just laid out, you know, all on one floor like that. Well, anyway, um, I was asleep and I heard a knock on my, on my bedroom door and I woke up. So now I'm, and I was awake. I wasn't still sleeping. I was awake and Jesus was standing at my door and said, I want you to go to the front door. And I said, okay, now I followed his command. We went to the front door. He did not open the front door. I opened the door, which is important. I think for the story, because I was doing, I was following his command open the front door. So I opened the front door and now I live on a golf course. You can't see it because it's just Christmas lights around me right now, but um, straight back through this window is a fairway that goes back almost a mile. 
and it's just absolutely beautiful. And my mother picked out this lot because she said, if I can, I want to have my house built so that my, my windows, my living room, dining room, and kitchen windows look out on that view. And she said, when I die, Elysian fields cannot be any more beautiful than that fairway. And it is just, it's stunning. It's really stunning. I opened the door and sitting in the front lawn where I have two chairs of two Adirondack chairs in my front yard and it's and standing next to one of the chairs. I had two uh, deceased relatives sitting in the chairs. I won't say who they are, but that doesn't matter. St. Michael was standing next to one of the relatives. And then he just raised his arm and said, you know, like, look down here. And I looked down the fairway and in the middle of that distance, so it's, I'm going to say it's probably, you know, anywhere around a third of a mile from my house, okay? Where, you know how they always talk about, um, I mean, I think every Christian religion talks about Jesus and the 10,000. You've seen probably pictures that depict Jesus with the 10,000 angels. Oh, the yeah, ten, yeah. I was, I was like, do you think there's some reality to that? yeah. So the 10,000 angels were standing in that fairway, wing to wing, I mean, glowing like you couldn't believe, just uh, white, uh, white uh, gowns on, very firm uh, stance. But there were two things that were important. The only thing that they said was, we are here, and their feet did not touch the ground. They hovered just above the ground. They were not actually on the earth. Now, the angel, the band of the 10,000 is supposed to be around the earth, fighting the demons and the negative forces outside the atmosphere of the earth. They're never, they never, it's never come down to earth, which two things that told me. Number one was, is there are more beings of darkness on the earth than there ever have been, certainly that I've ever heard of. I mean, maybe in times of Atlantis, they were here, but I, I, you know, I don't know. I wasn't, you know, I don't have that on video, but that's one thing it told me. And the second thing it told me is that they are here. They, they are here to help us through all this. And yet they were still not part of the earth because they cannot do what we can do. That's why the angels work through us. We have to be the ones to take up the charge, carry the baton and do the work, which is our meditation, our prayer, sending love and staying positive to drop into our heart and think with our hearts. Now, you know, there's a lot of brains in your heart. And unfortunately, too many of us don't use them. You know what I mean? Well, they could, they say that when you connect with you uh, in spirituality, I think they say that if you connect the heart to the pineal gland, if you somehow marry those two, it's like a, it's called the, like the spiritual marriage or something. I, I can't yeah. remember exactly. I'm not like real hip to that, but I mean, like, I know that they say you can like do meditations where you can like connect your heart and pineal gland and it's supposed to do something like, you know, like, but I guess that's like spiritual evolution. We get to that point after, you know, yeah. we, we evolve, right? To a certain yeah. degree. Yes. And and it will help us to evolve, but it, it also helps you to really get to the next raise your own frequency and then helps you to get to really download stuff that you need to, you know, that that is there for you to um help on you understand your own life. So yeah, and there's actually scientific basis behind raising your frequency and vibration. It's not just oh, a new yes, age there is. it's everything's based off vibration, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Everything is on is is frequency, sound, sound and light. You know, I believe that if from the research that I've done, the creation was all in sound and light, the, that frequency. You know, if you could just take the, you know, matter came out of sound and light being formed together by the creator to create earth, water, fish, whatever, you know. So um, I, I didn't know, like, I, I was going to say, so what is our, the angel's purpose? And are, why, would, will the, do the angels have to fight spiritual warfare while trying to help us too? So I would imagine yeah. they have a pretty tough job. The answer is yes. They, are, they have been fighting it for a long time, but it's this fear that we have bought into or allowed, I guess is probably allowed to screw up our brains as far as I'm concerned um, yeah. through the pandemic has created 
you know, a big giant picture window for all the darkness to come in and just have a great time. I mean, they're, you know, they're walking around. The more fear that you're in, the the more, I, I, they've got to be, all the dark ones have to be walking around going, man, this is easy pickings now. <laughs> yeah. I was really? going to say, what are your, what are your thoughts on the, um, the ET, uh, the, you know, like, well, because like, okay, people say there's the grays, right. And then there's the reptilians and like, um, the, the Nordics and like, wh what role, if you had to guess, cause I know you really deal with angels, but like, mm -hmm. I know you're really spiritually awake too. So I wanted to ask you, like, what role do you think the ETs play in this? If they do play a role or are they just kind of like outsiders looking in? Um, I think that they're, I think both of them, the reptilians are not ones I want to run into tomorrow, you know, because I think they're very dark I, and they've taken over, you know, quite a few people if you really get down to it. I think the elite is probably run by reptilians. Um, I do believe that there are really good um, ETs and extraterrestrials. I've had my own, I have not been abducted. So I want to say that right off the bat, you know, unfortunately, maybe that would have been a good thing. I might know a whole lot more if I had been there, you know, I could answer your questions better. <laughs> no, um, no, I just, I just, it's not, it's just more speculative. Like, I just wanted yeah, to get an idea of what you thought it, about it. Like, you know, like. But I have, I have had, and this is 25, maybe 30 years ago, I was communicating with a group of Nordics, I believe. They were all um, uh, tall, blonde, blue-eyed, very very thin silver suits. I mean, just like everybody else has talked about, but it was back when nobody talked about that. So I didn't know, you know, but I was getting all kinds of messages when I would do my meditations and do my prayers. I'm get, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm, I'm seeing these, people on a spaceship right over my house in Houston or where I was in Houston and telling me, you know, you are chosen to be a leader in the future. You know, um, I, I at, at the time I had uh, cancer, one, one of the times that I, I've had cancer a couple of times, but one of the times that I had cancer. And so I thought, am I going to die? And that's when they came in and said, no, you're not. You're chosen. This is we're going to show you how to, how to heal you. And they said they work with my angels, with my angels to, to guide me and, and keep me on the path that they want me on to. And they literally, they said, you know, when I go to the bookstore, they said, we'll show you the books that we want you to read it to keep you up with what's going on. And I would, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I would walk down the aisle in a Barnes and Noble and the books would fall off the shelf without me even doing anything. I'd pick them up and I'd go buy them. <laughs> That's awesome. I bet that's so interesting. Like now my, I had my girlfriend help me research for your show, like, because I had another, but like, but she told me that like you had a um encounter with your grandmother that passed too. Like, and I was I like, did. so that made me think that like, that you're, you're really able to peer, peer, pierce through the veil like you're able to see yeah. the other side like now along with that was if, if you could tell the story about seeing your grandmother but also um do you think oh, where was i going with that um oh yeah i'll remember the other question sorry <laughs> but okay. if you want to tell about so yeah about your grandmother like did she tell you to write about angels as well she did not tell me about angels but here's what's interesting my grandmother passed away in i think 1962 something i was in eighth grade i was 14 years old and she was in florida and we had just come back from the um funeral from her funeral and um i think it was maybe only it wasn't even a week from the you know from the time that we buried her you know and and I woke up in the, in the middle of the night and I was wide awake. This was not a dream. And I, the dream part was, is I saw my grandmother walking across the map of the United States and I was, that scared me. So I woke up from the dream because I knew that my grandmother was dead. Why would she be walking across this map? And I sit up and I am looking at my grandmother and I mean in the flesh. And I said, Grandma, what are you doing here? You're supposed to be dead. And she said, well, I am dead to your world. 
but I'm, but you know, that's not what happens when you die. It's, you know, you, she said, you know, I have a lot of school I have to go to. And she said, but there's a couple of things I have to tell you. And she said, um, the first thing is, is I want to tell you that I want you to tell your mother that I love her. And she said, and I want you to take care of your mother for me. And I said, well, I'm the child. She's supposed to be taking care of me. And she said, you have always been her mother. Wow. Now, Does that mean maybe you were home? I've never heard about past lives. Oh, I, yeah. I was going to say, were you her mother in a past life? You, yeah. You have always been her mother. So that's the first thing, which I, to this day, I've thought, you know, I've just, you know, I go on that one. I've got a dead person telling me that, you know, there are, there is such a thing as, as reincarnation. I'm going with that. So forget everybody else. And then the second thing she said, I said, I will, I will do that. I will do that. And she said, and then when you grow up, you're going to be a writer. And I said, I'm not going to be a writer. She said, yes, you are. You're going to be a writer and you're going to be very famous. And she said, and I want you to write my story. And I said, what a story is that? And she said, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the story is from the other side. And I was just 14. I just turned 14. That's amazing. Like, Isn't and then it? did you end up writing the story about your grandmother? I did write it. I wrote a whole book, exactly what the, I felt her story was, but uh, it did not get published. It's still sitting in my shed. I wrote it in uh, 1979. That's amazing. Like, I, yeah. I was going to say, like, big, this is off the topic, but you actually, like, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, you wrote the books Romancing the Stone and Jewel of the Now. Like, I, but when I was doing this, like, my, I told my, my best friend and my girlfriend that, like, they both loved Romancing the Stone. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like, that's a great movie. Like, are those both with Michael Douglas or is, is that what? Is yeah, that who is they're that? Both, yeah, they're both Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner and Danny DeVito. So, so and um, when, when uh, we had, when the, when Romancing the Stone had finished uh, um, and they had done the, um, you know, when they have all the critics come in and they show the movie and they want to find out how good the movie is and everything, the Michael's business manager walked out of the film and called me from, I mean, there were no cell phones then, but I'm from a phone booth or something. And she said, we have a hit. And she said, I overheard executives. They're already talking about a sequel. So she said, I want you to be prepared for that. And I said, okay, you know, well, good. You know, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to write them. You yeah, got to, you got to, I mean, those are hit books. Like that's a really huge honor. Like that's why I'm so honored to have you on the show. Like, it's like amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. But you um, know, when, when, when you've got a being of light telling your father that I'll be judged on my angel books, I mean, it's like, okay, those are all fun and, and, and that's great, but it's really the angel books and the work that seriously, Rob, the work that you're doing and the work that I'm doing right now is more important than anything else that went before. I Those things were all part of the path to just put me here so that I'm here at this moment. And this moment is probably the most important, that it, more important than either of us can even dream of at this right now. So you know what? Just, I've, I've heard you know. other people say that because it's a big spiritual war that's going on. And people like us are kind of like the light workers, just bringing the information to the public. So people know that, that what, first of all, that their reality isn't what they think it is. It's that's definitely correct. not what they think it is. Like we're in a, some kind of like video game. It seems like we, we play a game every day and it's like, yeah. you can level up in your game or you can die, but then you get a chance to do it over again. Like, like the super Mario brothers, you know what I mean? Like, or right. something like that. It's just like, and, and, um, but like what I was going to say was like, with that, like, what are the angels think about like our life structure? Like, what do they say about like, oh, maybe that's not a good question. How am I trying to say this? Like, what do the angels want to see from us? Like, do they all want to see us successful or like, what, what do they, what, well, what do they want I, for humanity? The, the biggest, as I, what my father said is love. Now I have always said the greatest risk that a person can take. I don't care how many times you bungee jump off of a, you know, over Niagara Falls, nobody cares. Nobody cares. But for you to take a risk in love and and 
really go through with the relationship to take care of, of, of a dying per, uh, pay, per, a pay, a parent or uh, an injured child, an injured dog, um, a, 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 someone that's a friend who, you know, a friend of yours who doesn't have any friends. And then that's the person that you have over for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. That has more to do. I'm going to cry. That has more to do with what we are here and what we are about as human beings. That's why the dark wants us is because we have so much power in our love. We have so much power in our emotions that that's why they keep screwing around with our DNA. They're taking our blood and everything. They're going, they're trying to figure us out because we are so amazing. We are just, the, our whole species is just, we, do, we don't understand our own power. I mean, we've had so many ascended masters come here. Jesus, you know. Uh, Buddha, Krishna. Absolutely. You know, I mean, all the way to Yoda. <laughs> yeah, Melchizedek. Um, yeah, Melchizedek. You know, like I'm, um, I mean, what I was going to say was, um, where, where was I going with this? Oh, I was. You said they they're messing with our DNA. Do you think that that has something to do with like the gray aliens and what they're doing with the hybrid program? Like, because it seems like they're kind of searching for a soul. Like, they, it seems like we have this like burning ember inside us that doesn't die out, and then like right. these grays are trying to like clone that, but they can't really do it. They like, if you it. ever it's see just... like some of those hybrids, they look really strange. Like, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, I mean, I don't know that much about all of that uh, other than enough to, you know, it really sounds stupid when I'm you're talking to, when you're talking to one of your other illustrious guests, but oh, no, um, it's all right. We're, we're all just speculating. Like but, it's yeah, fine. Like, it's, but I, but I do believe that that's, that is what they're after is what is that kernel that is in us that is so, and it's the, it, that is so, that is the treasure of all treasures to, on the hunt that they are after. And that, that kernel that's in us is the spark of God. It is that spark of the divine in us that cannot die, cannot go away. It wants to cut. It's still no matter what. I mean, you can take the worst person you can think of, and I will still be able to find some goodness in that person. I have read so many other people's near-death experiences, and there was one, and I can't remember who it was. I mean, I've read so many, but one where he said when he died, the one thing that he came back with was he knew that every human soul was beautiful. Everyone was beautiful, whether they were a murderer or Hitler or, you know, a serial killer. It doesn't matter. There's something in each one of us that is beautiful. Now, that's what I mean when I say we have these choices every day. These choices to, you know, do you want to be mean to the little kid down the street? Do you want to be, um, you know, take advantage of the little old lady? You know, I, I mean, I... I hear these stories of people going around and stealing, you know, Amazon bo boxes off of uh, doorsteps where, you know, maybe some That's little so horrible. one yeah. present. And then these people just they, they, on their grocery list. My son told me, he said they, they last year they, they arrested this couple, this man and woman that had this list. Says, get a turkey, get a Christmas tree, steal presents. Literally like they're going shopping. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 it's, it's the whole entitled thing, you know, yeah. it's like they feel entitled, so they feel like they, they can own it and they, they don't, yeah. there's no repercussions on it. But let me tell you, here's what I think I think that there's karmic, there's karmic, um, there's karmic payback in that. I think it's just like with witchcraft, like I used to, like, oh, I, I've always loved studying witchcraft, and they say if you do a negative spell to somebody, that could come back on you times 10. You know, Absolutely, like, or, time, or times a thousand. I mean, you never want to put out anything. That's why Jesus said, you know, pray for your enemies, love your enemies. You know, you got an enemy, surround them with kindness, do something wonderful for them. You know, try, try to flip them. You know, I, I listened to a podcast of um, an astrologer the other day, and she said, we're at this time between right now, December 21st, second, all the way to the 29th, where literally the consciousness of humanity could flip. And now you think, I about believe this. that if you could take all of the fear that is out there, which is what the angels are trying to say is don't buy into that fear constantly. Keep, you know, go to sleep with positive thoughts, wake up with a positive thought, you know, and if we could flip 
all that fear, the wars would go away. There would be peace on earth, you know, as, you know, why not? That's what I say. You know, we've, yeah. we've tried all these other ways. We've tried war. We've tried maiming people, you know, trafficking human beings. I mean, I just can't get over that. Trafficking human beings, cutting people up, you know, for body parts. It's it's just, it's gone to the, the place of total insanity. So in order to, to block that, we have to be very, very diligent about our love and our prayers for the earth. I mean, down to every rock and tree and, and blade of grass. And, you know, I believe that we can clean up the oceans. I believe that we can clean up the air. We just have to, if we visualize it, we can make it happen. Our thoughts are so powerful. We can do anything with our thoughts. You know, Jesus, I, I believe that. Like we move mountains. I, well, if we can move mountains, we can certainly clean up the plastic that are in the oceans. Well, that's just like people being lazy. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's like it's absolutely. like oh, we don't want to find a different alternative for it. So it's like the same thing as like why can't they find a way to convert? Like they say, people are hurting for water. Like why can't they find a way to convert ocean water into river water? I've never understood that. Like we have oceans full of water. Like we could really be like you know. But, and I think there is a way to convert it, but they just don't do it. You know, it's very well, very strange. There is, I, I knew a person in Houston that was trying to get uh, this particular kind of desalinization plants going and, you know, especially like in tropical islands and stuff where they have so much water around them, but no fresh water. And, but it was all a matter of money, you know, it's, it's expensive to do it. So, you know, there, this is the whole reason for the energy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I get excited. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. It's Okay. But you know what I mean is I think I think there are um, I saw a scientist in Houston back in the 90s who could take tons and tons of trash and he had a particular kind of microwave and he could reduce it down to one cup full of just nothing. And yet. Wow. And we were trying to get it done, you know, in New Jersey and, you know, because New Jersey and New York have so much trash and they go dump it in the ocean and it would completely clean all that up. But it was a matter of money, you know, and 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 then you try to get something like that through Congress or or even a state Congress or a state Senate. And they're like, well, we don't want to spend the money on that. Instead, we'll you know, we'll give more money to the, you know, illegals or whatever they want to give money to that, you know. It's it's really Whatever. insane. Like I was going to ask you, like before we, because this has been a great show. Like, but I was going to say, like, if you could tell us maybe one or two, if, if you remember, like the uh, angelic encounters that really stuck out to you, whether it was yours or like, or maybe someone else's that you wrote about sure. in your book. Sure. Um, there's a couple of them that are mine that I want to tell. Those one was when um, my mother was she had um dementia and so we had to put her in a home and stuff and so i came here to to fix up the house the house had been va vacant for a couple of years and so it was really really run down and um i was here sleeping alone and i heard a knock at the front door and i woke up now i was awake when this happened so i went to the front door just like the other story and and i have this as I just said, it's a mid-century modern house. And so the front door is a big, you know, just wood door with those little teeny windows, you know. And so you just can look out a little bit. And so I look out the little window and I see this big black belt with a with a big gold buckle on it. And and this which tells me that, that that's that person's waist. He's standing, you know, at my door, and that's his waist, which is probably, you know, six foot high. And I'm going, oh my God, what is going on? So I opened the door and here is this 10, 11, 12 foot tall being. Now I did at this point, I did not see wings and he has on a, a brown, uh, a, a uniform on with this, with a, with a, with this black belt. And I, and I said, who are you? And he said, I'm security. I'm your security. <laughs> And I said, what, tell me what's going on. He said, as long as you stay in this house, you will be secure. No harm will ever come to you. And I said, are you an, a and I started to say angel and he turned around, turned his back to me. I ran into the living room right here in this window. 
and looked over and I mean, his wings spread out and they were the length of the house. These oh my big God. giant wings. And I was just like, oh my God. So that was my security angel. So I, I know that guy's around here somewhere. He didn't tell me his name, but he had on a security outfit, which I think is hilarious. I got a I got a couple of questions about angels. I forgot to ask you. Like sure. two questions. Um, are angels a different species? And then also, can humans earn angel status in the afterlife? So that's two okay. interesting ones. First of all, they are a different species. God created them that way. They were, I don't want to say born, but they were created as angels. And a human being cannot become an angel. An angel is a species. That'd be like saying, you know, I don't know. Human beings, you know, we we can become guides and um we can certainly through lifetimes become you know very christ-like and become an ascended master if that's the path that you choose that you you know how far do you want to raise your consciousness how how you know do you want what frequency do you want to go to i mean if you want to go all the way you will turn into just light and then you're from what i now i had a near-death experience and i was on um I had another surgery and um, but in that near death experience, I became one with the creator and I was just nothing but energy. And I went into this huge, vast, vastness of energy. It was just so much love and so much light. It was incredible. And I knew everything there was to know. I mean, at that moment, I knew everything about creation. I knew everything about every universe. I knew everything about every pl every plane of existence, um, every dimension, how to get there, travel, space travel, uh, who all the you know entities were. I knew everything about angels. I knew everything. It, I mean, everything. And then I came back into my body. I did. I was not asked that time because i've died three times um i was not asked that time if i wanted to go back i would that was just i was just back and then to to move on because and then i later i was told i have so much to do at this time at this pivotal time in in humanity's life because we've got the choice right now that either humanity is going to go away or we got to save it period yes i agree I yeah. totally agree. We're we're yeah. in like, and I don't think people realize how serious it is. Like, yeah, this um, is very serious, very serious times. I think this is probably in, in exactly like Atlantis was, and and I find it interesting that when many many scholars, not myself, but many scholars believe, when the galactic center hit twenty six degrees Sagittarius, which it just did, the galactic center of the of the Earth. The last time it was here was 24, I think it's 24,000 years ago, which was when Atlantis sank. And I think they had the choice then, humanity, you know, are, are we going to go on, destroy it all? And we start all over. It's the Noah story, the, you know, Epic of Gil Gilgamesh, whichever one you want to call it. But, you know, it's. The Atrahasis. Yeah. The, 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 well, that's you know, every, yeah. yeah. Everything went away. I was going to say. When we're in the galactic center like that, like I know like Gerald Clark, he was an Anunnaki researcher. He thought that like when we were in the galactic center of the Milky Way or whatever, like he thought that that was sending energy waves to us to expand our consciousness. Do you think that's possible? I think it's going on. I think it's going yeah. on. I think, I think this flight through the phonon belt, the phonon rays that we're getting are part of what is ascending us. I think that's one reason why certainly the light workers are, um, I know I'm experiencing it. I get, I'm tired in a way that I didn't used to be. Um, and, and it's not old age because I have a lot of energy, but, um, you know, I, this morning I got up, I made breakfast for me and my husband. And, and I mean, after breakfast, I hadn't even done the dishes. And I was like, I need to go back to bed. I'm tired. And I'm like, I didn't I, that do happens to me too. That, you know? that happens to me too. You know what that is? I, I just, I realized this, that you can get psychic attacks too. And especially if you're a light worker, I don't, I've been doing research into this. Like, I'm not saying you're a targeted individual. I don't know if you are or not, but like there's targeted individuals and there's psychic attacks, which is a touchy subject, but it's very true. 
You know what I mean? Um, well, I don't know who's doing it. I don't know if it's AI or reptilians or aliens or the government or, but it, I think it's definitely like something that people need to look into more, you know? Well, and I, I think do. they hit us with- I, I think you need to be, I think you need to be protected. I mean, we're, uh, we're protecting ourselves in, in more ways than one. I mean, by the day we're, um, I, I don't know if you've, you probably have read it, but uh, there is a, a book that was out about uh, Valiant Thor. It was called um, yeah. In the Pentagon. Yeah, I've had Craig on my show. Okay. Um, in that book, there is a prayer that the ETs, the extraterrestrials say before they come to earth, because it is so negative here, so full of fear that they have to protect themselves and this is the only prayer. And I say this prayer three times a day. And it's it's in that book. Uh, it's uh, Almighty God created the universe here this day, my petitions and pleas. I, I now surround myself with the divine fire of abundance. I surround myself with the divine fire of protection. I surround myself with the divine fire of perfect healing. I surround myself with the divine fire of abundance. I now command the hand of Almighty God on my behalf. Let it be so this very moment in the blessed name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, for an extraterrestrial to come here, admit that there is a God, a creator, and that you can command the hand of Almighty God and that it has more power in the name of the blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the king of the universe. That says, now that book was written in the 1950s. And Valiant Thor was here, what, 1947, 48, 49, something like that? I think he was, like in the, I think he was here in the 50s with like um, with the, the Eisenhower administration. Yeah, like, that's right. Well, wasn't he know, here with Truman too? I thought he was here with Truman too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the whole ins and outs. Like I know that I, I, it's so, I get different stories from different people. So I'm not yeah. like totally sure on what happened, but like, I know, I think I know he was here, you know, like yeah. and I believe it. I believe, I believe he was here. here. Yeah, I believe a lot more is going on. That's why I have the secret space people on my show because I believe a lot more is going on out in space than we know. I think oh, whatever absolutely. Elon Musk is doing, it's yeah. he's going to have a big surprise when he goes into space because he's going to he says occupy Mars. He has people wearing shirts that say occupy Mars. Like it's already occupied. I got news yeah, for him. They're like, already there, I mean, babe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's already going yeah, on. They like, probably have a McDonald's there if we were really honest. They they probably do. It's probably in a biosphere. Like, you know, I had that lady before we go real quick. I'll tell you, like, I had that lady Mary Joyce on my show and she uh, she used Google Earth to look at like the moon and Mars and stuff. And she uh -huh. found some really interesting things on Mars. She found like biospheres on Mars. And I believe that completely because I believe that like there's might be a, a breakaway civilization for a long time. You know what I mean? Like something yeah, like that, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the way I look at it, Catherine, is I feel like we've been lied to about everything. So I feel like anything's on the oh, table. I, it's all I agree with you. I agree. I think everything has been propaganda and and we have just been taken down the primrose path. And um, but I, go back going back to the protection. Um, I, I absolutely believe in psychic attacks. I have been a victim of them for years. You have to protect yourself in every way that you can. I know last night or the one that you, um, your lady was on with the herbs and the essential oils and all that. Oh yeah, of, Sarah Chana, I, yeah. Sarah, I can't um, say enough about essential oils and what they do to protect you. You know, um, you know, even Jesus had frankincense and myrrh around him all the time, right? So oh, look, like, like I'll show you. I'll, going I'll on with that. Camera. Look what I got right here. This is my diffuser. I want to see if they can see it in the camera. That's my diffuser. Like, yeah, I got, uh, I, I have, two uh, I have, I have, two I, I have, uh, right now I have in that, I put it on for the podcast. I have cinnamon, eucalyptus, and uh, uh, Palo Santo in it right now. I put a mix in. I put a mix oh, in. I put a mix know, in. I've got, I've got joy, uh, white Angelica. White Angelica is, is very, very favored by the angels to bring the angels in to protect you. It's not just to keep the bad away, but it brings the, uh, the good in. And then I have uh, Spirit of Christmas, which I just love because it's Christmas time. But I have two. Where do you keep that? I get them Where from do you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They're just, they're great. Yeah. Where do you get your oils from? Because I'd love to get the spirit of Christmas one. That would be probably like a good, like uplifting scent, right? Oh, it's lovely. Um, I get all my stuff from Young Living, and um, I, I'm 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 an addict. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I no, I think that's that's a good addiction. You know, that's uh, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, well, okay. But, um, before we go, like, can you tell her? But uh, first of all, thank. This has been amazing, by the way. This is an amazing conversation. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, oh, and can you tell everybody where they can find your books where, and anything you want to promote? Your website. And again, thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, and truly, it was my honor to be here. I have looked forward to this you know, so much. Um, I, I have a website, www.katherinelanigan.com. I am also, uh, my books are on um, in mostly in EPUB, but they're all over Amazon, Barnes and Noble. So just keep looking around. They're there. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. we'll have to do this again. Like I, I'd Absolutely. love to have you on again. Yeah. Yeah. As, as things unfold, <laughs> which I, I, I was going to say, as things unfold, we can cover more stuff, you know, like as yes. we, we see what happens with this reality, like we can see what's going on with the spiritual warfare and like kind of yeah. report on it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Just, just, I just want to tell all the viewers is please choose your reality, choose the best you can possibly think of for your life, for your family, what you want and and that you want perfect health for everyone and understanding for um all people everywhere and send your love and light out to the world and and help flip those people i mean i'm i'm trying to do that is visualizing you know all these people that are trying to do all these terrible things to us that they flip and say oh i'm sorry and they and they have a saint paul conversion you know it can happen it can happen. It's happened in the past. It's chronicled in the Bible. It can happen. There can be St. Paul conversions to some really terrible people. And I believe that if you believe it can happen, it'll happen. Like, I feel like I manifested something yesterday, just real quick before we go. Like I was doing affirmations like a lot because like I lost my job and stuff. So I was like, you know, like I'm, I needed to like get up some money. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to spare all my business out to the public, but like, I, let me just put it this way. I was doing affirmations for like two days, but I was doing, there's rock star affirmations. And I was listening to the money ones and then something came in the mail today yeah. and I was like, holy shit. Like it really worked. I actually feel like I manifested that. I mean, like, sure it's, just, it's weird, you know, like, so yeah. it's like, sure it's just amazing. But uh, yeah. thank you, Catherine. And I'll, I'll send you a link when I post this. Oh, that's great. Thank you. I sure appreciate it. And I'll, and I'll to, share it with everybody. <laughs> okay, awesome. I'm going to try to post it tonight. Okay, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right, uh, have good a good luck night. with everything, Rob. I'm